With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. That's where my man Patrick plays jams intended to soothe the soul of sports fans who might have had a tough weekend. Uh, This weekend, that was definitely Astros fans. Ghost Rolls end up losing their series to uh, the Rangers. Um, I guess uh, Texas football won. Uh, they also lost because, you know, it was the white team won. Did we officially even get that out there? Anybody care about who won the game, the white Negative. team? Negative. Nobody gives a damn about no, that. Nobody really cares. I, as, I, I didn't even give the score, I don't think, to the orange and white game. Well, I apologize about that. Well, the reason the being is because the score they're the same team. 21 to 10. <laughs> the white team won. And it's the, to 10. And it's, My apologies. And then you got to go out there, yeah. and it was a draft. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't first, first yeah. or second. Yeah, so I, I, I just realized that. Year. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even get the score of the game. I don't nobody think nobody really cared. Yeah, so my bad about no. that. And uh, if you did, you got problems. <laughs> Shout out to my bad, Patrick. Always bringing it, DJing a smooth soul Monday. Uh, that one actually had Harge uh, a little excited there. I yeah. have that song uh, in my phone right now. Woo, woo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leaving on that train. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Even yeah. on the midnight train. You, I say, you actually do have, yeah, you could do it. I was, <laughs> I was singing this song and I was singing it quietly. You was like, sing it with your chest. And I was like, no, because my voice singing that song is you know, not that. Nah, I'm great. I sing it to myself and that way I don't disturb anybody or, or disrespect how great that song was. Either. No doubt. Yeah. No if doubt. you ever want to go, uh, go on YouTube and look up Richard Pryor's show, The Pips. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, it's them doing great. it, but it's just the pips. No Gladys Knight. No Gladys Knight. So they're just there, and it's just them doing the backups and the dance. It's hilarious. <laughs> just doing those parts. Well, what is a pip, by the way? Do we ever figure this out? What's a pip? I don't. I think we figured it out, but I don't remember. When I was a kid, I thought it was a pimps forever, and my mom had <laughs> to correct so. me. She was like, it is not the pimps. And I was like, oh, I thought it was very empowering that a woman... <laughs> <laughs> was a leader. In she a was the pips. <laughs> it was a glass night in the pips, and I was like, oh, glass night in the pimps. I thought she just <laughs> rolled with a bunch of pimps. And turns out I was like, no, the pimps. And it ain't never nobody could tell me what a pimp was. No. I was no. like, well, a pimp make more sense, at least. I know what a pimp is. He's a pimp by blood. No <laughs> relation. No, apparently it's a pimp. I'm sure somebody on the Specs doesn't know what a pimp is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there you go. Patrick doing a great job, as always, on a smooth soul Monday. Let's talk NFL, gentlemen. Because this is a this is a hell of a story. Hard right, you yeah. said this. I'm glad uh, it it broke today. Because I you know I want to get into some NFL. We'll get into some draft. Thought we we're going to get into some draft stuff. But the draft is I think like a week. No, actually not a week. It's a week away on Thursday. Yeah. So it's like uh, you know less than uh, a w- two weeks away. But I, this is actually to me 
a much more relevant story that I think could lead us down a path to talk about the future of the quarterback mm-hmm. market, which we've we've been talking about a little bit with Lamar Jackson, but this story yep. is unbelievable. So Jalen Hurts just signed a new deal. We knew this was going to be in the works. We just didn't know the timeline of it. But um, Howie Roseman did hint after the Super Bowl that we're not going to have the same issues that you know teams have had uh, negotiating with their quarterback. Like, we're going to give our quarterback the money we think our quarterback deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they did that. They, they the, did that. The, yeah, he, he did. He basically hinted like, no, no, we're not going to have a heated negotiation. That ain't happening with us. We're going to give the, the, mm-hmm. the man the money we think he deserves based on the market and the precedent that has been set for the quarterback mm-hmm. market. Now, they did ignore the Deshaun Watson deal. So that is still there the, is that the Deshaun Watson deal is still the ultimate outlier. And the, it, the owners re- refused to respect or acknowledge the Deshaun Watson deal. Mm-hmm. It never happened. Mm-hmm. The Deshaun Watson deal never. Isn't it amazing? It never happened. Mm. It never happened. That is interesting. It's a, it's a, I, I can't believe that. I, I, I've told you, everybody got uh, men in black. <laughs> where they just disappeared <laughs> from your memory blank. Please look at this. Just looking at this. <laughs> I don't even know what happened. <laughs> it seems that way, Hunch. It is. It seems that way. Well, anyway, here you go. The Eagles and their superstar quarterback agreed to terms today. Five years, $255 million contact mm, extre- mm, uh, mm. contract extension that makes him the highest paid player in NFL history. Um, Hertz deal um, has $179.3 million in total guarantees, including $110 million fully guaranteed. That's a signing bonus guarantee there. Um, and then 126 of it is fully guaranteed total. So you got 179 in, in total guarantees, which basically means nothing. I mean, right. That's just a bunch of cunt legalese. Uh, the really the real big number there is he gets 110 just by signing his name on the dotted line, mm-hmm. uh, signing bonus, and then he gets uh, 126 million total in fully guaranteed money. Now, where does this put him in the kind of the spectrum of those quarterbacks? Uh, and we'll get to Lamar Jackson thing here in a second. But basically, when you start looking at where he is now, he's the highest paid QB uh, in the league. Yes. Uh, he surpasses Patrick Mahomes. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. That's he, true. He surpasses, he surpasses everybody when ed, you think about it. Everybody. Yes. Uh, yes. But uh, in, in basically, in the average annual value of the contract, average salaries, he's at $51 million now. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, he was at $50.2 million, And Russell Wilson was at $48.2 million. Colin Murray was at $46.1 million, And Deshaun Watson at $46.1 million total. So that's where he is in terms of average salary. If you just look at the largest total contract value, Mahomes is still number one, then Josh Allen at number two at 258. Mahomes is 450, so nobody's going to get close to that. Remember, that's over 10 years. Uh, Jalen Hurts is third, 255 uh, million in total value of the contract and most guaranteed at signing in NFL history. Deshaun Watson the most, two hundred thirty million. Um, then Russell Wilson, one hundred twenty-four million. Then Jalen Hurts at one hundred ten million. So he's third in terms of most guaranteed at signing. Um, if you look at Jalen Hurts' five-year extensions rankings, his total value is third. Average annual is first. Uh, guarantee at signing third, and practical guarantee is third. So he's just top three basically overall, pretty much of yeah. the contract value. Well, I mean. We talked about this for quite some time and the fact that the numbers and the market dictates what you're going to get. They struck while the iron was hot. This was perfect timing for him. He took his team to the Super Bowl. I think that's what Joe Burrow should have did. 
I think Joe Burrow should have went there, but now Joe Burrow's looking at it and going, ha, <laughs> I do think I there's a certain amount of time you have to wait for a first-round pick to negotiate. Oh, first-rounder. Okay, and I'm okay. not sure how. I think it's like third year, so I don't know. If, yeah, yeah that might have played a part yeah, yeah, into yeah. it. So okay. it, it, it takes a little while. Which sometimes. is fair, which yeah. is very fair. But you sit here and you look at it, and you go back to 2019, right? You were talking about Josh Allen's terrible. I can't believe they wasted that pick on him. He doesn't look like a quarterback. Oh, man, jo- Josh Errol. Josh Allen, he's doing so much better by year two. By year three, everybody's like, Josh Allen, go get your bag, man. Go get your bag. Mm-hmm. And you look at the same thing with Jalen Hurts. You're talking about, oh, man, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to really work in this NFL. I don't know if he's going to be able to. He can't throw. He can't this. Now, all of a sudden, he's getting a bag. That is why it's so crazy to me every time we talk about this Lamar Jackson situation. But I think the biggest thing for Jalen Hurts, he had, a, he had an agent. And I'm not, look, I'm all for everybody. Representation is who you are. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit, and you're trying to make sure that you're getting the best value for yourself. But if you are the one negotiating it, it, your person, your, your feelings get involved in this. And you're not looking at the grand scheme of things. And I know a report came out, and we'll get into that conversation. Mm-hmm. But you sit here and you go back and you look at all the guys that are getting paid, and you're like, well, I don't know if he deserves that. The market dictated that. Everybody was losing their mind when Dak got $40 million. Dak's not, Dak's not even in the conversation now. No. You know what I'm saying? So when it's that initial sticker shot. When you go to the car lot and you look at it and you're like, ooh, I don't know if I can pay that. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, but they got Break all this. Break down the payments yeah, for yeah, you. Like, like, yeah. Ah, yeah, I can you go ahead and do that. get this little deduction here. Yeah, this, yeah, that, we're going to change yeah. this for you. We're going to save <laughs> you here. We're going to do this. When actually that's the price of the car. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) They try to mark it up because they want to get theirs. That's the same thing. Now you're looking at it and you're going, oh, that that contract, man. I'm not even worried about it. Buddy's up for an extension. Yeah, we. that's a great point because we, we want so badly to be able to explain the quarterback market. Yes. You know, we'd like to be able to explain it. Okay, you get to uh, a, make a Super Bowl run or these stats or he's an all-pro and this and that. This so we can explain why these players, when yep. they're up for a quarterback extension, when they're a franchise quarterback, they're going to get paid. But as you pointed out, no, it's based on just precedent. Yes. And even though we're not, I'm not saying that all of these quarterbacks are all deserving, deserving of, it. of right. it. You don't get what you deserve. You get what you can negotiate. And the market, a lot of the time, dictates what you can negotiate. Yes. <laughs> and the market for the quarterbacks right now, it does say, other, other than the Deshaun Watson deal, which they've decided to ignore. Uh, other than that deal. They right? them. They've been blipped. <laughs> other than that deal. Uh, but, yeah, usually the market decides, no, this quarterback is up and franchise quarterbacks are making around this. And then once you get into that range, then we can talk about, well, he wants to be the highest paid QB in the league, or he wants mm-hmm. to be, has this much in guarantees, but you've definitely got to get in that neighborhood. Yep. Now, that's where we get to Lamar Jackson. Yes. Did the Ravens get in the neighborhood? And Sounds like it. If they're in the neighborhood, yep. then it, it may be Lamar Jackson, who's being a bit stubborn, about emotions, <laughs> your point about emotions, emotions, about how what he's worth and what his value is. Mm-hmm. Which is why the Ravens said, "Okay, we'll go see what your value is. We'll give you the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means the team can make you an offer. They can offer two first-round picks, and they can they can have you, yep. or at least they can at least make an offer." So then, we- and so far, no teams made an offer. Mm-hmm. Crickets. Yeah, 
Uh, and so, Ian Rapp, you, you threw out a uh, uh, you you threw out this in our text chain, Horace. That Ian Rappaport now he has clarified something yes. about this Lamar Jackson negotiation. Um, this is actually I don't know if it, in addition to the Jalen Hurts thing, I believe they were discussing that, but also discussing how it would impact Lamar Jackson's contract. And he, he's basically saying they got into the neighborhood. Yeah, they've been they've been doing a <laughs> driving through the neighborhood and look, <laughs> looking for the proper real estate. Pretty much. Yes. Um, so Ian Rappaport is basically saying that the deal the Ravens offered Lamar Jackson was pr- was pretty strong. He said two hundred million was the total guaranteed, and one thirty three was the guaranteed on like that shorter deal they were talking about. So I guess there've been multiple offers, as you would expect. They've been negotiating yeah. for a little while, but it, according to reports, you know we know Jackson's supposed to be spo- based on multiple reports and then some conflicting reports that he is seeking a fully guaranteed deal. Uh, much in the neighborhood of Deshaun Watson's deal. But if Ian Rappaport is to be believed, and Ian Rappaport is usually, you know, he's pretty respectable and uh, he's, he's been on it. Um, and I'm sure that there will be some conflicting reports with this too. But if we're to believe Ian Rappaport, then basically you're saying that they got him a deal. If you're going to compare it to the Jalen Hurts deal, let's say if you want to do that, compare it to Jalen Hurts deal, then basically they're, their deal, their offer would have been right there in the same realm as no. this Jalen Hurts deal. It would have been very close to it if you're to the belie- believe Ian Rappaport. Right. And I, I, I don't see why we wouldn't believe him. I don't think Ian would go out there with just some false information because then he'll have to deal with the credibility part of it. But as I sit here and I look at those numbers and they were saying that it's a 133 on a shorter deal, Guaranteed, as opposed to two hundred with some kickers that step in there. I, I I don't I I still don't understand the the difference, right? If you can get one seventy nine guaranteed, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm signing that. If I'm if I'm getting that range of what Jalen Hurts got, the total guaranteed. Yeah, like if I'm guaranteed one seventy nine. That's what he's. That's what they're saying. Jalen yeah, Hurts is going to get right. total. I'm signing that. And they're, they're saying Lamar Jackson. If if he's to believe he topped the two hundred million, then I'm now, si- I'm signing he, that. If that's the the number, does it does the years matter as much? No. If it's from bro, if you can't handle four to five or whatever. Remember, redact that was a big. Sticking, sticking point. point. It was you like still want to have one more option because four, he is young. And they wanted five, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he's younger, I would say, yeah, I would want it in a shorter term. And if they want to give me 133 on a three-year deal, I'll take it. Fully guaranteed? Fully guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. you would think that Lamar Jackson That's $40 and the Ravens, million dollars per yeah, year. Would have been able to get closer. I mean... <laughs> He wants a fully guaranteed deal, and I just don't think the NFL is going to allow any other team to offer a fully guaranteed deal. Now, the truth is, Kirk Cousins actually had a fully guaranteed deal before teams yeah, started talking before about it. Exactly. Before it got popular, and it wasn't a big, you know, I don't know. It didn't seem to be a big controversy when he got a. But he, I think all of his, his was, was a, like one year, two years. It was like a three year. year his was yeah. a three year deal, I believe. Yeah. It was a three year deal. Where he was which, making like $33 million a year or something like which that. Which makes sense to me. Yeah. If you're going to do a fully guaranteed deal, then the team should want a shorter deal, honestly. Absolutely. If it's a fully guaranteed deal, Just I want go a ahead shorter and put deal. It in there. So I can get your prime and then be done with you. If it doesn't work out, at least I can be. I can cut. Cut the losses quickly. That's business. And if you're a player, you want to be back on the market sooner. Exactly. So get your money and then be back on the market then to get right more money. money. So to me, it all makes sense. At both sides, you want shorter deals and trending toward more fully guaranteed deals. But If you were to sign a three-year deal with all of it guaranteed, <laughs> those three years guaranteed, and you knew that you were going to be out of your deal within the third year, 
by the end of that third year, that's another contract motivating year for you. And you know as well as I do, every player that's having their contract year, they play their best sport. They yeah. play their best they at that time. Best. Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to do that? And you would think the NFL teams would want it too, but yeah, you don't see that. Teams want longer years to have more control over the players, and most of the time, the players don't even reach that fourth and fifth year. No, they end up cutting them. That's why they said it's <laughs> an trading option. them. Yeah, it's right an before option. that. So with a with a club option and a player option. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it right now it, this contract for Jalen Hurts it doesn't it doesn't hurt or help Lamar Jackson really. Right. I don't think it. I mean, does it? I don't know if it affects it negatively or positively. In my opinion, no, that's true. Right? Because yeah. if it's not, if it was fully guaranteed, they would be like, "There you go, it's fully guaranteed." See, Lamar Jackson was right. They're, the Ravens are being stubborn. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to be progressive and give him his fully guaranteed deal. It's right. not fully guaranteed. It's in the neighborhood of being an now average annual value. It makes him the highest paid quarterback in the league. Right now, were the Ravens willing to do that to make him the highest paid QB in the league? At fifty something million dollars a year, probably not. I don't know where they. Well, how long is it? You know what I'm saying. That's the other part of it. There's if a five-year deal. Fi- yeah, if I'm gonna give you a, f- there's so a, a five-year deal. What two fifty-five was what it was, right? The total packaging of everything with him making fifty-one million dollars this year. Oh, that first year of that deal. Ugh, that's a lot of money, dog. Yeah, but it doesn't kick in till when I think it's two years. They got two years, right? It kicks in next year. Next year. Next year. Yeah. So they still got another year with him on the rookie deal mm. to at least make a push. And we'll see how they if they in the draft, if they draft B. John Robinson, then we know oh, they're trying to just go all in. Yeah. They're trying to get them a Super Bowl before that contract kicks in. Which would make Which sense. Which makes one hundred percent sense. Trying to maximize the window. Yeah. Yeah. But Ooh. Yeah, the quarterback market, it's, it, honestly, it's much like the Austin real estate market. I can't explain to you why that uh, that, <laughs> that that lot in East Austin is worth $1.7 I have no idea why it's worth that, but it is what it is. Man. They say it's that, they say so it's it that. The, yes, that's they what They say it it's is. that, so it's that. Yeah. Uh, all right, what you got coming up for the people on Hard Knock Life? Well, this time I'm going to talk about the quarterback <laughs> position at the University of Texas and the NFL because it seems to be that my theory has been true about making sure that you have the best backup in a temporary setting. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into some uh, other football news, notes, and nuggets coming up in Harsh Knock Life. Uh, we also talk some more of Texas football uh, coming up in the top of the 5 o'clock. We'll get back into the spring game. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I'm on the horn. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, don't speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man, 
Rod Babers, at Rod Babers. And you can follow my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And I know a lot of the conversation uh, going into the spring game, the orange and white spring game at the University of Texas, wrapped around the quarterback room. Everybody wanted to know what was going on. I know uh, social media has been very critical of, oh, not our fans, not the University of Texas fans, but other fans have been talking about this Arch Manning situation. We all knew going into this season that Arch was going to come in and possibly battle for the third position on the team. We know If you've been covering Texas football and watching Texas football, we all knew going into it that Quinn Ewers was going to be the starting quarterback. He had already proven himself to be that. He went out there and did the work. But the biggest conversation has always been, who is the backup? Rod, you've been at this university for a long time, going all the way back to your recruiting years. When you got here, the biggest story was always the backup quarterback, no matter who it was. It's the most popular person on campus. It, it, it always it has always been is, that. Unfortunately. It, yeah, it's a bad situation for the starter. It's a bad situation for the backup. But it's also a good situation because iron sharpens iron. And if somebody's behind you pushing you, you're going to come in with a, a razor-like focus every single day, putting your work in because you don't want anyone taking your position. But the reason why I want to talk about this backup quarterback position is especially because of the fact that what everybody finally got a chance to see with Malik uh, Murphy. We've been talking about him. We've been wanting him. Everybody's been clamoring. We need to see what he looks like. Number one, he's one of those guys, and Rod and I have talked about this before, and even Patrick, that's the first off the bus type of guy. That is the guy that you want everybody to see once he gets off the bus because they're like, wait a minute. If that is the backup or if that's the starter, what does the rest of this team look like? Because he is a specimen. And I wanted to talk about this, um, about what Coach Sark was talking about in the very beginning at the presser, because this is something that he's always looking at because of what we just talked about. You want to make sure that the backup quarterback is just as confident as the starting quarterback. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, again, the the key to the drill A for Malik is make sure that he can stay healthy all summer long, all training camp long. I, I think that's going to be enough time for him. You know, like, like I said, he's got natural instincts passing the football. I think for Arch, it's going to digest these 15 practices, have another install this summer before training camp to start to dial into – it's one thing to know the plays. It's another to know where your primary read is. It's another to know where your secondary reads are when the pass rush is coming. And that's that's a process that I think is natural, and I think that he's on pace and that natural progression to do those things. Um, so, yeah, I feel comfortable. Um, but, you know, hey, as coaches, we, we got we to keep coaching and coach them hard uh, to get them to the, the place we need them at uh, in a timely fashion. And that's great. And that's the things that we want to see because as we've seen through the years here at the university and across college athletics and even to the NFL, if you don't have a capable backup in those times in a pinch where your starter goes down, you don't want to skip a beat. 
And I believe that is what Coach Sark was talking to everyone about, about his team, what it looks like, what it talks like, what it walks like, how he goes about it because he doesn't want the number one to stand out so much that the number two is drastically different. You want to be able to not miss a beat. And so coming out of the spring game, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, look at Malik. What, Arch didn't have a chance. It's not that Arch didn't have a chance. It just wasn't his time yet. Arch is going to be a valuable part of this university for quite some time. But for right now, going into this offseason, I would say Quinn is the starter. But Malik Murphy is going to have to be ready to play at any time because we've seen it happen. We saw it. We saw it for Bryce Young at Alabama. Jalen Milrow had to come in and be a major contributor for Alabama to stay on their row. Stetson Bennett, when he became the starting quarterback, is because he ended up having to take over for somebody that got hurt, JT Daniel, and he never relinquished it. And then you look at what Tennessee was on. Malik Hooker is going to be a draft pick, a very high draft pick. But when he got hurt, they had to turn to Tariq Milton. Not Tariq Milton. It's Milton is his last name. Tariq was on the on, on oh, the Longhorns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That but the quarterback for them. And so there were so many things that had to transpire throughout the game. And, Rod, you talked about this stat all season long, and then you brought it up on Saturday and this morning. Today, there was only one quarterback in the Big 12 that was able to play every game, and that was Deckers from Iowa State. If you look at what happened – when uh, Dylan Gabriel went out for Oklahoma, they were lost. They had no chance. They didn't. They had zero opportunity. And if you look at it throughout the conferences and look at everyone that's involved, if you don't have a good backup quarterback, you won't have success. You can't have Mm. that continual momentum of whatever it is that you have going. You won't be able to pull it off. So when you look at what Malik was able to do, Um, When you look at what Malik was able to do, going 9 of 13, 165. Could have had another big play, but a pass was dropped down uh, the seam. Mm -hmm. So you start looking and you say, okay, that is what it looks like. So Sark, after the spring game, everybody all, you know, immediately everybody's initial reaction was, wow, look at Malik. What did you think of Malik? And Sark gave an answer to what he sees in Malik. I thought what what I saw from Malik was from Malik when he really started to settle in. Um, he has natural ability to pass the football, you know, and and he has a you know he's got great vision. Uh, when he pushes the ball down the field, uh, it feel it's natural. It's not like he has to force it or um, he's got a quick delivery and quick release. Um, and so, and I also think he, Malik's a really good leader. You know, he always brings a lot of positive energy every time he takes the field, which, which I think is great. So, uh, it it was awesome for us, you know, even this spring, he wasn't able, able to participate the first week, you know, we, we kind of had to hold him out and then had to not gradually work him back in. So the idea that hopefully we can get him completely healthy going into training camp where he gets that foundation of the installation uh, I think the, the sky's the limit for the guy. He, he's a really talented player, uh, and I thought he showed today with, with making some of the throws that he did. And that's the beautiful part about it. When you, when you see the progression and you see the growth from a guy that has been in the program, kind of understands what Sark is looking for, how he goes about it each step of the way, and then can come out and execute that, 
That's huge because he could have been sitting on the sideline frustrated, pouting, not, you know, thinking, I'm not getting my shot. I'm not mm-hmm. getting my shot. And then when a shot is called, and then he goes out there and doesn't look good. Well, he went out there and he looked spectacular. And that's how the buzz gets going around the university, talking about, oh, man, he's going to be the starter. He, oh, he's going to take that position. <laughs> just, just let that man continue to grow. Let him continue to learn. Quinn is your quarterback. Support him just as hard as you're supporting Malik because I guarantee you Malik will be doing the exact same thing and what he has been doing. Yes, Rod and I talk about it all the time. We're competitors. Of course we want to be the ones that are starting. We want to be the ones that are leading our teams to victory. We want to be a major contributor, especially at the glory position of quarterback. Mm -hmm. It is the most scrutinized, whether he's playing good, whether he's playing bad, whether, as Coach Sark talks about it, quarterbacks get so much of the praise when they win, but they also get all the the stuff thrown at them Mm -hmm. when they lose. And why didn't you make this change? And we've all done it. We've all talked about it. I've been around uh, around it for such a long time that I think the same time at the I mean the same thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you got to understand each person's role. And I thought Coach Sark he squashed all the information and made sure that everybody understood this is Quinn's team until otherwise notified. Yeah, no, I, I and I agree with you about the backup. I, I for years I've been saying about the NFL that the NFL needs to prioritize backup too. If it's the most valuable position in football, you treat it like anything valuable in exactly. your life. You have insurance on all the valuable things in your life, your your health, your your life, yep. <laughs> all right? Your car, your house, and the backup quarterback position, it's just insurance. Yep. And you should always have really good insurance on your really valuable franchise QB, whoever it may be. So I'm with you. I think teams are now starting to prioritize backup just a little bit more in the NFL. You're starting to see some teams spend money mm-hmm. on their backup quarterback. Yep. And you're like, why are they doing that? Because they know no quarterback's going to make it through 17 games. More than likely. It's just, it's just, this year, the NFL set a record. Take the take take the 17th game out of it. Yep. Even with 16 games, the NFL still would have set a record this year for the number of of of, of different starting quarterbacks uh, this year yep. in the NFL. Guys, look in the playoffs. You had third string quarter third string quarterbacks starting in the NFL playoffs. Yes, multiple ones. Skyler Thompson, uh, Brock, Brock Purdy. Purdy. Yeah. Hell, the Ravens almost yeah, had their exactly. third string out there, too. Anthony Brown. That's what I'm saying, guys. Yeah. It's, yep. it, 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 right now, I think it's imperative that every team at the highest levels, college and pro, that they make sure that they have that insurance policy no at the back position because you're going to need them. Hell, Texas last 25 years. I want to say only five, of the, five years out of the last 25 years, Texas had a quarterback start every game. Right. So the NFL doesn't have a lot of quarterbacks start every game. I think the NFL had 10 teams that had quarterbacks that started every game this year. That was the fewest amount in NFL history. Yep. They have cuz this just doesn't happen. Right. CB just sent us the numbers. 02, 05, 08, 2010 and 2019 since 1988 where they only used since Texas only used one QB. Yeah. Was it five years? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that you throw out there basically. <laughs> exactly. Uh oh actually oh he said 020508 Oh, 2010, 2019. Yeah, so five. And honestly, we could technically, if you want to get technical about it, that Shane Bouchelle year, they used the 18 year. Wheeler package. Yes. But I believe he did start every game, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. 
Shane did. Right. That was the first year with Charlie. That was his yes. freshman year. So if you want to go out a quarterback that started every game that year, yep. Buccelli's in there too. So technically it'd be six. But remember, you don't win games that year without the 18 Willer package. No, you don't. You don't, you don't win games. You you definitely so you once again, you going back to the season where you needed your backup quarterback. Exactly. You needed him that year too. Yeah. So I'm with you, man. I think you're out on the money. And give give props to Sark. Sark understands it. He does. He understands the assignment. He understands he the assignment. Exactly. Well, with the Th- transfer portal, even more so. Right. Think about the years when he was at USC, all the quarterbacks that were out behind Matt, Matt Leinert oh, yeah. and Carson Palmer. Ended Look up being at that. Playing they in the NFL. Up, yes. Yeah. So you have to have it. Now, n- that might have changed with the transfer portal. Was Matt Castle so, one of those Matt teams? Castle was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But that's what I'm saying. Think about what you would have had if the transfer portal would have been in play. Maybe some of those guys go somewhere else in play. But you didn't have it. But all of those guys were capable players and all went on to play in the NFL. Yeah. So you, it, it is a value. And all these guys may not stay. Right. And it is a valued position yeah. that is underutilized because everybody wants to think about, oh, man, that's my starter. That's my starter. Well, you better develop that backup because in this day and age, a lot of people get run through. <laughs> I love this text. I want to reveal who it's from because I don't know if he wants his name out there. But I remember he says, Matt Nordgram is walking around asking, when is the backup QV the most popular in Texas? <laughs> <laughs> the total backup, yep. my man Nordgram. Yep. I love that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Was Nordgram ever the backup backup? Or was he no, third straight? No, was, he was second because he would come in when Vince would come out. Or was it Colt? Because huh. I remember he would come when in I was, and play. When I was playing, Norco was out the backup for us. <laughs> I love who, uh, who was the it was it was major, right? Yeah, because it was major and Sims, Sims the whole time. Yeah. It was major and Sims going back yep. in, and then Chance Mock was yes. the backup after he left. So our backups were good. I love Norco, but I wouldn't trust Norco as our backup. <laughs> like, hey, coach, you need to figure out who's backup plan. <laughs> Norco is our backup plan. Not not gonna happen. I so, do need to see that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he might have been later on. He was the backup, but go, go, getting back to you need to stockpile that position because transfer reporter. The truth is, if your quarterback's not playing, your quarterback's unhappy. Right. I know people are like, what do you mean? Yeah, you heard me. That's and right. I'm talking about. Your quarterback too. That's right. All right. Your quarterback's not all playing. All of them. All of them. That's the way they operate. All right. They're yep. all divas. They're all f- mentally fragile. If they're not playing, they're unhappy. It's only one of them can play, which means only one of them gets all. I mean, VY once told me, "Hey man, we get all the girls, but we get all the grief." Yep. All right. And and they only one of those guys can be at that natural leadership position. So the other guys who aren't there. Yeah, they're patient for a little while, but for a little while. And with the transfer <laughs> portal, much so. I mean a little while. They'll yep. be patient. And honestly, guys like Malik Murphy, they start to see their talent and go, okay, why am I sitting again? Exactly. And and you can't blame them because sometimes they go to universities and they perform really, really well. That's what I was thinking. Norco was the backup for, for VY. That's why I said he wasn't our backup. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> Yours was, you had, had a chance, Mock. Yeah, now, what y'all thought if VY went down, what was going to happen? Was Norco going to come in and help y'all uh, keep keep y'all championship hopes alive? I'm going to go with no, Alex. <laughs> Alex, I'm going to go with no. That's the whole point Hard is trying to make. All right? They exactly. prioritizing prioritizing backup. If VY would have heard anything, then all your championship hopes are dashed. <laughs> and Texas got another few decades without a national title. All right? Prioritize the backup quarterback. That's what we're saying. I'm 100%. You, right? Come on. 100%. 
That right. is outstanding. No, come on. <laughs> I, I, don't be telling Norco I'm hating on. I love my man Norco. Yeah. Norco was in a reality TV yes, show. Yes, he was. That? That's what I was saying. Dallas is most eligible, I believe. I don't even know why I remember that. Because I never it's the it. truth. Well, no, 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 I don't say I never watched the show, but I remember the name of the reality TV show he was on. I remember because CB used to send us clips <laughs> all the time talking about <laughs> Norco and how he was doing. <laughs> Oh, man. Yep. So I said, don't forget, in VY's Red Trade Sophomore, your chance mark had to come in. It's a tech and bell. It's not, yeah, no, yep. chance mark was balling. Yep. Chance mark was pretty damn five good. Five-star, too, by the way. Uh, yeah. We had three five-stars in that yeah. room when Sims, uh, VY, and chance mark were all five-star guys. Yeah. They were in that room at one time, too. So other than right now, where everybody says that the talent level is probably at an unprecedented high level in that quarterback room, I would say back then that that was probably another time where Texas quarterback room had un, an unmatched amount of talent in it. It was unconventional talent. It wasn't all arm talent. Sark is right. all about the NFL arm. So, yeah, between Malik's arm, Quinn Hewer's arm, and Arch Manning's arm, you ain't going to beat that arm talent in there. Um, not many institutions and programs can. But in terms of just overall quarterbacking ability mm-hmm. uh, between Chris Sims and VY and Chance Monk, it's pretty damn good. Right? Rod, you are correct, bro. I'm looking at this roster and your two your 2002 team you had chris sims as a quarterback oh, you man. had chance mock as quarterback and you had matt norgram as y'all's quarterback man he's third yeah he was yeah, he, yeah. He, he, i don't know about to trust it i don't know about trusting our our our, t- our future aspirations and hopes and dreams if norco ended up being the starter yeah. that's crazy that oh five they just thought norco was the guy and vy was on that team yeah, he was like a scout team yeah. quarterback for yeah. like a scout team, and we and yep. it was miserable. Trust me. Yeah, that was like the only time he had to show out. He wanted to show out. He uh, was making sure that y'all yeah. knew. I'm like, dude, don't be showing out in front of us. He, <laughs> get, Jesus. he used to get yelled at, <laughs> cussed out by all the starters because we all wanted to show out out there. Uh, but we all saw how that story ended. Exactly. All right, uh, good harsh knock life there. All right, we come back. We'll get into off the record on the other side. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of us sports topics, but this off the record, uh, we'll get a little off topic, if you will. All that and more right here on. Ball don't lie, wonderful nothing home. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain man comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the good sex in the big east. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of off the record. Do it live. I can all write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. All right, gentlemen, getting to a little off the record here. Actually, this is about NBA. Uh, it's an NBA related story. And we didn't get into this when we were talking about the Clippers and their win over the Suns this past weekend, a 115-110 victory. But I'm sure you guys saw this on social media. According to Bleach Report and a fan's video that it confirmed the interaction, Russell Westbrook told a fan wearing a Suns polo shirt on his way to the locker room at halftime in front of his kid to watch his MFing <laughs> watch your mouth, you MFer. Watch your mouth. I'll make sure I get the quote right there. Mm-hmm. Watch your mouth, MFer. Watch your mouth. Mm. Yeah. Um, apparently, yeah. I mean, it, as Westbrook basically was, and they have one of those facilities like kind of Jerry Jones does with, you know, 
the uh, basically on your way through the to the locker room and through that kind of concourse there, you can have interactions with the fans. And the fans can see the players, and if the players so choose, I guess they could interact with the fans. Well, this interaction was a hostile one. Um, the Sun, the Arizona Republic uh, reporter Dwayne Rankin said uh, that the he got a statement from the Suns that says, "quote We are aware of the incident that happened tonight, and we are conducting a review. It's unclear when exactly the video occurred, or when the fans said or did that, or what he did that prompted." Russell Westbrook's reaction, uh, but the fan told Westbrook to take it like a man. That was in the interaction, mm-hmm. but we just don't know what in what basically was the genesis of all this. What instigated this interaction? It's so crazy to me when people always tell somebody to take it like a man. What does that mean? What does that even constitute? Mm. Because if you can dish it out and somebody brings it back, it's like what we talked about before. It's all fun and games until you get close to that person, and now all of a sudden you got nothing to say. That's the funny part about it. Now, Russ needs to be better about it. He probably needs to control his emotions and stay away from those types of confrontation. We saw uh, the third baseman for uh, Anthony Rendon from the Los Angeles Angels go into the stands and grab a dude by his shirt Mm -hmm. saying, say it to my face, say it to my face, and he ended up getting suspended. Do you think that Russ will get suspended for this action today? Fined. Right? What do you think, Pat? You watch a lot of NBA. I see fined, not suspended. Because they he like didn't the, put they, his hands and on And they him. like the drama a little bit. They don't want it to get too out of control and too distasteful. But the NBA, they like some of this. But they want to discourage it. So I say fine, no suspension. Yeah, there's no suspension. I, yep. Yeah, if there's right? a fine, but it'd be a little bit of a small one. Exactly. exactly. Even a smile, because they don't even think that big a deal out of it. Undisclosed yeah. amount. He was fined an undisclosed now, amount. Now, we still don't know what was said by the fan um, to get him so riled up. And, and you say, I'm not I'm not taking sides here either way. Um, uh, but we this is not the first time Russell West Russell Russell's got like are, oh, we, man, are he, we going on four five different instances of oh, him yeah, having an interaction with a fan? And it's always during the playoffs, I think, yes, too. Yes, it is. I think uh, it is during the playoffs because yeah. Utah. He got <laughs> yeah. people thrown out in Utah before. Yeah, so he's he's at these he's got a past. All right. He's this he's got a history with yeah. interacting with fans and it becoming, you know, volatile. So I'll just throw that out there too. So I I'm I'm with Patch. I think it'll be a fine. And they threw by the way. Did y'all see that E forty got escorted out of Sacramento's uh, basketball game? Now what, he's claiming that it was racial bias of yes, some kind. Yeah. Now what do we know? I don't know what had happened yet. I'm surprised. E forty gonna tell him when to go. Tell him when to go. <laughs> he's gonna make a rap tune about it. I know we're gonna be hearing some lyrics about him. Never going to Sac City. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, I was never an E forty fan. I know some people I'm like E forty. I'm a E40. huge E forty fan. I can't stand E forty. Fonzarelli. Why do oh, people man, like E forty? Because he's smooth with it. Is that smooth? It, that is smooth. Oh, do that you like E forty, Patrick? He no, got that not. wordplay. Oh. It's oh yes, yeah. I'm just, on him. I just don't think his delivery is very good. I know it, that's like that's kind of his thing. That's that kind is. of his niche. It's his delivery. And I'm like, that is not. Hey, that's my that, that's hey, great. That's my jam. I'm with you. I'm with uh, E40, man. All right, there you go. E40. Yeah, the NBA. Like I said the NBA continues to have. I love they continue to have this salacious drama along with the actual postseason. It still continues. Yep. Whether it be DeMar DeRozan's daughter screaming and yelling, whether it be players like, you know, punching each other, punching yep. each other. Like, they keep they keep the drama going. For sure. Like I love the NBA. They just keep it coming, man. It's a beautiful thing. 
It's I, a I, I do too. And, and this is my favorite time of year. Just like everybody gets excited for March Madness, I get excited for NBA playoff basketball because everything is on edge. And now you're dealing with all They're the injuries. Edge. You you brought up all the injuries that have happened this weekend where everybody's trying to figure out what's what's happening next. What's happening next? It's unbelievable to me that the NBA can get so much drama. They found a way to get LeBron into the into the mix, so everybody's looking at that. The Lakers, John Morant, been talking about we good in the West. We good in the West. <laughs> he worried about the East, and it's like, bro, you lost the first game. You got Dylan Brooks, who's the biggest villain in the entire and entire trash. thing, and he talks trash. Yeah. So that is why I'm excited about the NBA playoffs. Uh, no, it's been actually it's been pretty thrilling so far, and uh, like I said, long as they keep the salacious gossip coming in with the with the great, uh, yep. great you know play and competitive play, I think the NBA playoffs might end up being a big hit this season. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into spring football review. We'll review the spring game. Also, hear more audio from Steve Sarkeesian who met with the media uh, in the post game after the spring game. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on One Hundred Four Nine The Horn.